0: My personal goals is I really, like, I have a soft spot for the youth program. Um, I know that, like, jiu-jitsu is pretty big in this area already, but it could be bigger. Um, but Muay Thai and kickboxing are, are so, so small in the Midwest and in the Twin Cities specifically. I would love for that to continue to grow um, and be able to provide more opportunities for kids to compete and um maybe travel and and actually do well like you know 10 years ago 15 20 years ago like the the people that were fighting professionally like started as adults now they're starting as kids you know so like um the youth program has to grow in order to to feed that
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Pohada Podcast. As usual, check out at the Pohada Podcast on social media. Rate the show with five stars, preferably, and share it with a friend. This is a show where we talk about jujitsu with jiu-jitsu people, very often black belts, this show is brought to you by way of the tiger soap company if you do a lot of bjj you take a lot of showers and you might as well enjoy the process it's good soap that smells good and supports one of ours as the soap is made by a bjj brother of mine julian it is also brought to you by hamel jiu-jitsu club here in minnesota over in hamel a regular haunt of mine where everyone is welcome This time around, I talked with Ben and Katie Locken from The Cellar. They're lifers over there, and now they own it. We talk about the history of the gym, their offerings at the gym, and talk about some of the recent fights Katie has had, and the travel that goes with it. As a special treat, this time around, I've left in more of Ben's nose-whistle breathing, a byproduct of being a fighter, it seems as well as some of my heavy breathing into the mic, a byproduct of having to sit upright with cardio as bad as mine. But actually, the reason for this is about halfway through the episode, I tried to quote-unquote fix something with Katie's microphone, and, of course, I turned it off. Fucking browse. Without further ado, my conversation with Ben and Katie Locken of The Cellar. Ben and Katie... Katie and Ben.
0: There you go. Better. Two
1: <laughs> two items to discuss. You own this place now. I do. The seller. Hold back the enthusiasm <laughs> on that. And <laughs> yes, we do. Also, Woo-hoo. big old giant uh, Muay Thai out of town thing a few weeks ago. I saw you guys post about it on social media. Yeah. So first of all, Ben disagrees with that.
0: I'm talking about uh kickboxing world championship. thank you oh, oh well yeah.
2: kickboxing more times i read between the lines
1: <laughs> so we're going to talk about both those things because the pictures and stuff seem awesome yeah so quite an experience yep but let's talk gym first yeah before people fade out and stop listening to this episode <laughs> we'll <laughs> we'll pimp the gym go tell me about the seller.
0: oh boy um well we I uh, took over the cellar from Chris and Jen Saikon just a little bit over a year ago, so last October. Um, it's been awesome. We've been in. We've been with the cellar for years and years and years. 2015? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 14? 14. Yeah. Um, and loved it. It's been our second home, and so it's been a really great honor, and just um, a fun time taking over as, as the owners. Um.
1: You gave me a brief synopsis of the history of the place yeah. as we were walking around. Tell me again.
0: Yeah, so um, it's been in the Twin Cities since 2002. So we're actually the third generation um, of owners. Justin Wiley was the original owner. Um, he opened it in 2002 in the basement of Joe's Market in Como um, in Minneapolis, um, and I think this is the like the fifth. Yeah, the fifth Beth, location. I think. Um, <clears throat> And it just keeps getting bigger and better. And it's pretty cool to be part of that legacy.
2: Nice. All three owners still like work and train and are here too. Yeah, Justin like Justin, Justin still, still teaches yep.
0: kickboxing. Chris is still cool. teaching Muay Thai, part of the fight team.
2: And then I just never
1: leave. <laughs> well, you left for a little bit. Well, I did, yeah. Let's bit. talk about that too. Because <laughs> that, that got absorbed, it looks like, both in like the physical sense and staff sense.
2: Yeah uh you mean portugal yeah. i mean forged. forged oh forged oh yeah <laughs> he's like all oh, right so I, mean, I owned what? a gym yeah. yeah yeah um yeah no it kind of we just merged it together mm-hmm. um which wasn't too big or too hard much of a challenge because a lot of the people that i trained at forged attended the cellar too mm-hmm. but forged was just a straight up strength and conditioning gym mm-hmm. where we brought that strength and conditioning gym inside the cellar. It's literally over there. It's kind of Right cool. behind literally my left shoulder. We yeah. brought
0: all of our stuff over. <laughs>
2: the rig, all the gear. Yeah. So we put a gym within the gym. Right. Did, I mean, did that
1: just time perfectly? Like the opportunity to buy in here matched with like the leases almost up at the other place? Because it was. were you a year in over there even? Ye- a little yeah, less.
2: So it was pretty close to the year.
0: Yeah. So um, it – it wasn't exactly like it timed out. It just it worked out. I, with our lease, we were able to get out of our lease. Sure, so regardless, yeah. um, you know, we started talking to Chris and Jen about the opportunity to buy the seller. Um, originally, we wanted to. We had talked to them about potentially like franchising. We're like, you know, we love we love this gym. We want to open a martial arts gym. We don't want to compete with you. Like we don't like we want to be partners with you in this. And um, through conversations and months, we just they. You know, wanted to do other things and asked if we wanted just to buy this place. Um, and so it worked out. And so we ended up just breaking our lease at mm-hmm. Forge and right. bringing it over here instead.
2: How's it going? So the far? one easy part with that, though, is we had a neighbor at Forge that wanted our space.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember. I think you even the told salon, me that. The nail salon. Yeah,
2: so we got, in that aspect of things, like, we got really lucky that we had the neighbors that we did because they needed to expand. And yeah. we're like, well we're leaving. It's like finding so, a sub-leaser for an apartment
0: yeah, exactly. so you don't have
1: to give up the thousand bucks or whatever. Yep. Nice. And how goes it so far? What's Good. good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, there's, there's definitely ups and downs. Any business owner, or gym owner will tell you like the, the, the good part of it is that, uh, you know, we get to do what we love every day. I, we both love martial arts. It's kind of in our blood and, um, we love this place specifically. Like all of the members here are amazing, part of our family. So it doesn't ever feel like we're going to work. We're just like coming to hang out and we hanging out at the gym. But then, you know, also uh, there's something to be said about your hobby becoming your job too. So mm-hmm. there's, there's definitely ups and downs, but more ups, I would say. Nice, nice.
1: Yeah. Uh, this is maybe silly given <laughs> that this is the newest incarnation and this place is fucking amazing. But like big plans, what's on the horizon?
2: <laughs> oh, we might have different. <laughs> Katie <laughs> can answer that question first.
0: <laughs> um, you know, it's it's already pretty amazing. Like yeah. business as usual type of type of thing for right now. Um, you know, we're only a year in, so I don't want to get too crazy. But my personal goals is I really like I have a soft spot for the youth program. Um, I know that like jujitsu is pretty big in this area already, but it could be bigger. Um, but Muay Thai and kickboxing are, are so so small in the Midwest and in the Twin Cities specifically. I would love for that to continue to grow, um, and be able to provide more opportunities for kids to compete and um, maybe travel and and actually do well. Like you know, ten years ago. 15, 20 years ago, like the the people that were fighting professionally, like started as adults. Now they're starting as kids, yeah. you know. So yeah. like, um, the youth program has to grow in order to to feed that.
1: So. Yeah, youth programs do a good job of keeping the lights on too, like oh, yeah. in a business sense. <laughs> yeah, like if you got a strong youth program that feeds adults,
2: etc., yep. etc. Well, if you can catch them when they're five and they stick around till they're. 18, and then it's like, do they leave and go to college, or do they stay around and
1: continue to come here? (laughs) Cornell or The Cellar? Yeah, exactly, right? (laughs) You guys both still uh, coach and teach, or are you full-blown grown-up business manager types now? I'll never be a full grown-up business manager type. Good man, (laughs) That's why Katie's right here. Uh
2: (laughs) Um, No, we're still... Katie's like the head instructor of... The youth program. Um, no, she runs them? the <laughs> Muay Thai stuff. And then we got Ken as the Jiu Jitsu kind of lead. Um,
0: Ken Glenn.
2: Ken Glenn, yeah. <clears throat> and then I'm head coach of the Muay Thai striking um, side of things. And then we got Dave as our lead instructor for Jiu Jitsu. Mm-hmm. So, do we officially do. Uh, or is it just a
1: part of like training people for fight cancer? Do we officially do like nutrition counseling and stuff like that here? Like, is that a service I can purchase from you?
0: Yeah, so we have uh, a couple nutritionists, certified nutritionists on staff um, for general coaching, but we actually also mm-hmm. have um, a, registered, a registered dietitian on staff as well. Um, so we do have that as a, as an option. I
1: kind of want to play the what don't you have game. You got a <laughs> massage therapist here?
0: We don't. Well, no. well we, not, not had, not we staff, just had, we just had, not on
2: staff currently, but we just had somebody, uh, graduate for like, uh, massage therapy. Yeah, one so. of our
0: fight. fight members. Yep. Um, it's actually funny that you mentioned that cause when Ben and I first met his dream was having like a one-stop shop. Like he wanted a facility that people could learn to fight. Do strength, conditioning, and nutrition. It's kind of funny because it happened without us really meaning for it, too, I guess. Yeah.
1: You can put the massage table over yeah. here in the corner. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, put some blinds on those windows and yeah. you're good. You got the whole... Got a sauna, too. Right. Yeah, from, from like, warm-up to, like, restorative so stuff yeah. after your fight. If you can have it all in one spot, you there might there as well.
0: You can build a closet for cryotherapy or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Put a massage table
0: <laughs> in a, massage
1: a, be a, a little cheaper <laughs> right off the bat.
2: Buy a cow bale or a cow tin and put ice in it. The yeah, old school way. Right. It worked for a millennium. <laughs> yeah. It, it'll work for us right now. Mental toughness.
1: Nice. Um, tell me more about the programs
2: uh what do i what do i
1: expect if i show up here to to start training either as a noob or somebody that's been around a little
2: bit how about that let's start Mm -hmm. youth to adult Uh,
0: so so we start a kids program uh, as young as three so we have a preschool program that's three to five year olds uh, three three yes yes um some, tumbling tumbling yeah i mean it's it's it's, it's 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 a lot of just body movement yeah. and learning to sit right. on a dot you know but right. um it, it, it
2: can't get some of our adults to do that right? i was gonna say that's hard at any <laughs> age know, sitting still
0: so. um and they start right off the bat muay thai and jiu-jitsu right away so um and that's then, cool yeah and then we have uh six to nine year olds and then we have a 10 to fifteen year old, and it's actually one of the things that I'm most proud of is our teen program because in a lot of traditional martial arts, there's, there's the teen teens are not there. You know, it's it's not cool or they're mm. off doing different sports. They're playing for high school. Um, our teen program is huge. I mean, I think like just the other day we had like 27 kids in our teen class, which like was junior high,
1: early high school yeah. age kind of thing.
0: Yeah, um, which is cool because I'd rather them be here than doing other right. stuff other things yeah. yeah um and then kind of the way we have it laid out is we have muay thai three days a week and then we have Jiu Jitsu three days a week um so some kids do one or the other and or some kids do everything and they're here all the time
1: so you said you start kids in both is it the program is a combined thing or they have the option of either from three and up
0: So, um, it is not combined. They're Mm. two separate classes, but it's an unlimited program. So they can go to both, both classes. Yeah. nice. Some kids just choose to do one or the other, but they can do both. Um, how's the
1: competition interest at the teen level? Like do you have a comp team team? Yeah.
0: So we actually have 10 teenagers going, uh, traveling to Chicago for a scrimmage, um, on uh, February 25th. Yep. So yeah, we have a, uh, <clears throat> that's a pretty big reach. group that's excited. Last year was our biggest kids group that went to the uh, TBA tournament in June, so we had 5 kids compete there. Um, we'd only ever had one before. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Chicago, where and what? What's the
0: Um so Richard Richard Abraham um has a show um What's it called? National Muay Thai NMTA,
2: Association. I believe. NMTA.
0: NMTA. Um, so he's trying to grow Muay Thai in Illinois and the Midwest um, by doing these no head contact scrimmages that are uh, for novice fighters. So he does adults and kids. Um, and the goal is to just give people the opportunity to compete without it being like a big fight, you know, um, especially like for kids and, and new adults. Um, so we're going to do that. We did it
2: last year. It was really, really cool. Um, so yeah. yeah. It was a lot of fun. Very, like, cool. Because obviously in Chicago, we go out there, and I think we end up staying one night in a hotel or whatever. So, like, they learn to grow and hang out together. So they become even closer teammates. Yeah. yeah. right. Yeah. And-
1: Those are the stories. Yeah. They, they might remember a fight or two, but the hanging out. Yeah, and exactly. Traveling together will be the thing.
0: Yeah, and it's cool that it's no head contact, too, because it's a way for them to get experience without it, you know. Explain what that means, just to be Yeah, so um, it's, you know, a fight in any traditional definition. There's, I think they do like two minutes, three rounds to two minutes um, against an opponent, but they can't hit to the head. So um, it's just body contact
2: still wear headgear just to be just in case because rules are meant to be broken on accident or not but Mm -hmm. and then they actually wear chest protectors protectors too yeah
0: and it's a good segue into the tba tournament too so like a lot of our kids last year did this and then they ended up competing at tba and it was good for them to have a little bit of that fight experience before jumping into an actual ring
1: right explain Um, what the tba is
0: uh, TBA is a giant tournament, the biggest one in North America. That's um, located in Des Moines, Iowa, every June. So this Peter. is why
1: some people would think that it's like a big sport in the Midwest in comparison to the coast. Let's say, right? Because you, if you, have, you have, legitimately have one of the biggest tournaments out
2: there, yeah. it feels like it's a big deal, right. right? But yeah, and Pete and Pam have done an awesome job. I think what how many years now it's coming up on 17 16, i think yeah 17 this upcoming year it actually sounds right i, was, I had I chatted with
1: angela barr about it yeah she would have a way better and idea. Think i think that was it's like right in that almost
2: two decades because we got guys in the gym that wear the 16 i haven't seen a 17 number on a shirt yet so it's got to be 17 next yeah <laughs> why des moines why is it in des Moines? That's that's repeat. Yeah. I mean, it,
1: it's centered on his existence. It's yeah. not like a thing that was there and it's changed hands or whatever. He's the guy.
2: It's been in the same hotel, I believe. Don't quote me on this, sure. but I believe every year. And that hotel has grown and changed a lot since mm-hmm. the first couple tournaments. So well, shout out to Pete for making it happen. Yeah,
1: that's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, and our uh, kids' jujitsu program is pretty active in the local yeah. competition scene as well. And then as far as adult programs go, we have uh, fitness kickboxing, um, Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, and then MMA as well.
2: And you you asked earlier like what to expect, like fitness kickboxing. Mm-hmm. It's not like Taibo, Billy, whatever his name is. Like you're learning Billy Blaine, Billy Blake. I don't think that's I keep to Bo, say Billy, Billy Zane, Billy so that's an mean, I don't or or know. Or I knew his name was yeah. Billy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean like so, with the kickboxing, it is definitely more fitness orientated, fitness focused. Mm-hmm. Like you will sweat, you will smile, you will have fun in there. Uh, but we're not just letting you punch the bag and hit the bag recklessly, or you're not just doing stuff in the air. Like you're learning proper technique still. Sure. So, I just wanted it's, to clarify that. I, I was going
1: to actually ask, like, what's the difference <laughs> if I go to like a kickboxing class, and then if I go to like kickboxing cardio? Yeah, because there is some cheese. You know, yeah you go to any random gym and you show up to a group fitness class and there's going to be a some version of it and yeah. you're like ooh
2: hmm. like they yeah. i used to work at the ymca years yeah. and years ago they that's what had i was a cardio those. kickboxing yep. class yep. it's not like that um i think
0: it's just the name is less intimidating for people to mm-hmm. start you so you hear muay thai and you don't even know what that is and you're like eh, i don't know about that right. But Kickboxing is a little bit more relatable. Yeah, and
2: it's more comfortable, I think, a softer approach.
0: And then in our program, too, like all of our fitness kickboxing classes are done in the bag, whereas our Muay Thai classes are done with a partner. So that's also like can be a little bit intimidating for people. So, you know, if they've never done this before and they just want to come and get a workout, like being able to hit the bag and not have to interact
2: and de
1: stress. How's the the, uh, transfer from the fitness kickboxing to the more Shall we say serious kickboxing classes? Mm-hmm. Like, is it is it a place where people get a taste and they realize well, I kind of want to, kind of want to do the cool Sometimes. version? Sometimes, yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Actually, um, Pam Sorensen,
2: mm-hmm. if you know, I know who you. Yeah, know she, is. yeah. <laughs> she started in her in fitness yeah.
0: kickboxing classes. Right. She came in just to lose some weight and then ended
2: up, you know, being Invicta. <laughs> being in people, yeah.
0: Team. So it does happen <laughs> more often than you would think. But, yeah. Um, yeah. there's definitely people that. They all they want to do is hit the bag, and that's all you know. Mm-hmm. That's all they ever want to do. Um, but they there is a handful
1: that transition over. I would say they think that's all they want to do. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. There, there's there's yeah. some <laughs> necessary
1: nudging with a lot of people yeah. some of the times.
2: And what's nice is like to go into the adult Muay Thai program. We kind of have we have the Muay Thai program, and then under the Muay Thai program, like we kind of have little umbrellas. So we have like a fundamentals level class, and we do follow the WTBA ranking system so just based on that it kind of helps you helps us break down okay you're ready for this class you're ready for that class so now you're ready for this class um, this is the armband. yep right? yep yeah um but our fundamentals is for i would say anywhere between zero to six months so you're going and we still have guys that like one of our guys nick jackson he's been here for five years and he still goes to those things so it's for everybody but it's less intimidating you're not necessarily seeing all the sweat and Mm -hmm. boogers coming out of noses because they're getting punched (laughs) right right. um but you start to learn the basic fundamentals of muay thai the stance how to throw basic things how to block it then after a certain amount of time then there's an intermediate in you're in the intermediate for a little bit longer, um, you're starting to actually throw the shin guards on, do a little bit of sparring. do a, little, a lot of it's like situational sparring, scenario sparring, and then you do some free sparring, some drilling back and forth, and then our advanced stuff is where it's a lot more complex. You're sparring a little bit more. The drills are a little bit more complicated. So it's a nice, like, steady upward progress, I guess. But I would or assume it's just, also,
1: like, ju- ju- like if I go to the essentials jiu-jitsu class, even if I'm a brown belt or something, like, yeah. you should still a chance to drill and yep. try this and hear somebody else's take and whatever. Yep. Nice. Explain the armband system or the rankings. So,
0: um, we are under the WTBA, so the World Thai Boxing Association, which um, was established by Ajahn Chai. Um, he's the guy that brought uh, Muay Thai to the West. Um, and so we follow his system, which is, we use armbands, right? And it's it's really a way for us to provide students with like a tangible representation of progress. Like traditional Muay Thai, like if you go to Thailand, there's no (laughs) black belt in in Muay Thai, right? So you hear that all the time, like, oh, it's not real Muay Thai because you have a a ranking system. But we're Americans, people need trophies, right? Right. People need a way to know that they're doing well, especially people that don't want to fight, you know, like, if you want to fight you're gonna get that like that feeling of progress by did I win did I lose how did I do but if mm-hmm. you're not here for fighting and you just want like a fun sport to learn like it, it just provides that and it helps us to like know mm-hmm. where to put people in our system like huge yeah so
2: and it it's a good report card too because mm-hmm. people like progress am I if you're at an a okay it's time to move up or a b plus well you can't throw a basic jab and yet you want to spar like you so it's a way like we need to learn the jab first at white rank and then after this and so many time so many classes so much time put in now okay now you're green so now we can go do some sparring stuff or whatever our system and how it's laid out yeah, yeah. but I'm a, I'm a metrics
1: brain, just years and years of barbell in front of me. Yeah. You know, nice, even five pound intervals. <laughs> Things are roughly linear, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Give me a stripe. Let me know. Yeah, Let me exactly. Know. They, you know?
2: You, right? Yep. Right. Exactly. So yep.
1: Good to have those metrics for sure. You do some jujitsu? I do. Yeah. yeah pretty yeah. good? Or?
0: I mean, I'm
2: I... taking a, taking a, <laughs> I'm taking a small, break right break, focusing yeah, on so. some striking right um, now.
0: Yeah, I have my purple belt Nice. Jiu-jitsu. Yeah, so I have not trained jiu-jitsu in maybe a year at this point, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really just focusing on, on striking right now. Yeah. But, yeah, I have, I have a purple belt. So it, yes.
1: explain the uh, <laughs> the pictures that I was referencing. What, what did I see? What was this tournament you did?
0: Um, so I, Ben and I and a couple of our teammates traveled to... Albufera. Albufera. Uh, I never
1: know what I'm saying. Say is that a country Not or a Portugal. city? It's okay. Portugal. Okay. just in, Portugal.
2: In, in Portugal. <laughs> um, which funny story, the two guys
0: we traveled with didn't know Portugal <laughs> was in Europe until like a week before we left. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. South, South
2: America. No. Uh, I could see that though. Yeah. 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 Por- Portuguese, Brazil. Yeah. You know. It was an easy common mistake. If they would have said like. <laughs> Africa or Australia, to, uh, way off, yeah, way,
1: way off. Anyhow,
0: but yeah, so we traveled to uh Portugal for the uh Waco World Kickboxing Championships. Um, so it was pretty cool.
1: Waco, cool. Waco. So, Waco, so what what does that stand for? I don't even know, World Association <laughs> of Kickboxing <laughs> Organizations. Organization. There we go, we <laughs> got it. Um,
2: <laughs> we have Waco coaches and fighters here, and we don't even know what the acronym is. doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, so we were part of the Team USA Waco kickboxing team. Sweet. Um,
1: Something you qualify for yep, and whatnot. Have, yep. it very cool it's a
0: national tournament that you have to win, um, and that earns you your spot yeah, on to Team USA. Um, I earned my spot <laughs> because <laughs> the girl that had my spot Ended up tearing her ACL, so mm. I um, mm. I got lucky, but other people have to, actually have to
1: earn it. Do you want um, to come <laughs> up with an alternate story that I can edit in so it sounds cooler than that?
2: And she tore her ACL at the Waco camp too. <laughs> so. That was like ugh. seven weeks out. Yeah, it was just a. F- I watched it and we caught it on film somehow, and oh. Ugh. It was just a weird, she wasn't even, she threw an attack and just the angle of her knee and was like, and boom, it was gone. It's like, so. It's kind of one of those things, like when you're peaking for any kind of
1: athletic and everything is at its highest and hardest. Little wonky details and mm-hmm. now I'm out from some dumb injury. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But yeah, and then, so we traveled, and it was against all of the best
2: competitors from all over the world. 73 countries, yeah, over 1,000 fighters. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was huge. So, long story, like, kickboxing's been trying kickboxing, Muay Thai. kickboxing got the quicker route, in my opinion, to get into the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it did not get into the Olympics, this mm-hmm. upcoming Olympics. Um, but this WACO tournament is essentially the Olympics right. of kickboxing like you're not gonna find a bigger, more badass tournament in kickboxing than this thing. I um, mean, maybe glory, but glory's kind of dead in um, the West, but and I know like one FC obviously there, but as far as a tournament and representing your country and whatever without a paycheck, like the Olympic style mm-hmm. where you're just there to represent. It's yeah. it's the biggest. If it
1: lands in the Olympics, this is the organization's rule set. More than likely, that would transfer over, et cetera, et cetera. Pretty much. Nice. Yep. It's about as high as you go.
2: How'd you do? Um,
0: well, I lost, but um, I felt good about it. I fought um the number four seed.
2: Four seed in the world. Yeah.
0: Yeah, four seed in the world from. No the one game. else is going to be able to say that yeah. sentence. That's yeah. awesome. Um, so she's from Ukraine. She got. Um,
2: she had two golds and a silver going in. Yeah, so at she different had tournaments.
0: Just, she had just fought at the World Combat Games and got silver like two weeks prior to that. So she's badass. She's did, really good.
1: Did she end up winning this one? No.
0: No. So oh. She, she lost, lost to the again. same girl. Yeah, so the girl that she lost to at the World Combat Games, she lost to again.
1: At uh, the World Championship. Uh, I was hoping we had like a war-torn country story going oh, yeah. on, and no. she was going with the gold. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the french beater but i felt good i felt like i i hung in there and um i went all three rounds and ended up losing in the scorecard so i felt good about it It was my first international experience and yeah i wanted i wanted it again
1: i bet yeah is that the coolest places place you guys have traveled for sprots yeah yeah Yeah. did you make a vacation out of it or was it kind of all business and head home i
2: Party on. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, tra- we went and
0: saw the city. And, yeah,
1: what, the what's it like? And what's Portugal like? I've never been to South America, so.
2: <laughs> you should go. <laughs> uh, really chill. Yeah. Like, really, really relaxed.
0: So we were kind of in a beach town and during the off season. So it was like there
2: was. Sure. A lot of people,
0: yeah. Um,
2: beautiful. We went down like on, I, I'm just going to call it a strip because I don't remember the road or what the heck it was called mm-hmm. or whatever, but they had a name for it. But there was like a strip. And we drove through it, and one of our Uber drivers was like, yeah, normally in the on-season, you can't even drive down this road. They close the road. There's people everywhere crossing roads just hanging out. Like a boardwalk on the coast. The nightlife, you said, like this whole area is just lit up and people just partying from one place to the next. So it was kind of nice. It was chill, but that also would have been cool to see. But it was cool, yeah. Like the unexplored version of it. Yeah. It was very <laughs> calm. The
0: one thing that really surprised me was like the top. I never know how to say this word. The, 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 like the, the landscape. Geography. Yeah. Because um, we're on the beach and then there's cactus. Like on the beach. I'm like, where, where are we? That's cactus? exactly what we did. We're like, <laughs> wait, what? That doesn't make any sense to me in my brain. It
1: doesn't. So, no. Anyway.
2: The other weird thing, so we flew into Lisbon and then i is like on the southern part of Portugal. Um, so it's actually like a two, two and a half hour boat ride straight south and you're in Morocco, Africa. So like we were on the bottom part. So weird. And the weirdest thing was, is like during the day, the sun, it like kind of came up, it moved completely lateral and then it kind of slid down and all of a sudden it was gone. But as the the sun was sliding horizontally, like all of a sudden you got wicked cold. I was sitting out at a table <laughs> with Justin, and we were like hot, sweaty, and all of a sudden 15 minutes later we're both cold, and like we need to sweat. It was a b- the But the lighting didn't change. It was super weird.
1: That is really strange. Yeah, it was weird. Because you think, oh, I can see the sun. Okay, I'm warm. Yeah, and all reason. of a sudden we got cold. Uh, Isn't that weird to just go, because from here, if you started driving, how many hours can you go before you hit a different country? You hit Canada, God, Canada. first and that that's us anyway. It's not a different
2: country. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> so you're you're like
1: yeah, Africa's over there and you know Spain yeah. is over there. It's just weird.
2: Yeah, um, I don't think people realize how big the US is. Right.
1: Especially in, for those of us who live in the center of it, roughly, you are like you yeah. could drive a long time and still be in the same country. Yep. I got relatives in Europe, and they're like, "Yeah, we went to this country, and that country, yeah. and this country. It was a good afternoon." We're like a a- afternoon. afternoon? Yeah. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Take me twenty-three an hours to, get to yeah. Canada.
2: Twenty-three hours just to get to Florida. You'd probably see twelve countries over in <laughs> right, very strange. Europe. Yeah.
1: Who else fought for that one? Um, from our gym,
0: yep. uh, Sam Sam Bailey and Javier Huerta. How they do? Um, so they both won their first fight. Uh, Sam fought Spain.
2: Yep, Sam fought Spain the first fight.
0: And then lost against Kazakhstan in the second fight. Who was fight. the
2: number two guy in the world. But
0: again, did really, really well. First time internationally. Um, Sam's only been fighting for like a year. Yeah. Like total. Yeah,
2: yeah his first fight was wow. at 2022 20, TBA. Yeah, 2022. Yeah. Uh, either way. Yeah. It's a blink yeah. of an eye is worth the yeah. training. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so,
1: and then... Uh, Earning a spot to something like this is elite. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Even a circumstantial thing, because you still went, did it, did yeah. all right,
2: you know. Well, no, Sam. <laughs> yeah. And so did, I mean, so did Javi. So the other thing, like with, like Javier... um. His slot was open. They didn't have a representative of his weight class in this style, so he was at the camp in Chicago, and they liked what they saw, and so he got a spot through hard work and showing up. So, just it's definitely sort still of earned. Cooler, honestly. <laughs> yeah, they were like, "I like this kid. Yeah, I like what he's doing. Cool. Let's put him over there." And he ended I can't. Who was his first country? He fought M- Moldova, maybe. He won the first one, and then he lost. Let me Google Moldova. Moldova. I don't even know if that's <laughs> that a country. I don't, <laughs> I don't know.
0: It Ma- was kind of embarrassing how many countries
2: I was like, I've never heard of that country
1: in my life. Yeah. I like, I'm like, uh, yeah you, you pull up one of these quizzes on YouTube where they put a map up and say, what country is this? I'll give you, like, okay. six states. I get every single yeah, state. They, yeah. We're very American-centric, yeah. I guess. What's coming up next?
2: What is coming up next? Um, yeah. We got... Ignite, the Ignite hopping, yeah, hopping oh, up. Yeah. February 17th. We have a on that. Um, we got CJ and Jess, their couple's date on Valentine's yeah. Day. Star. Star, yep. And, and then... It, like, <sighs> I would not yeah. want to fight him, yeah. Who's who's <laughs> Star? Tell me, Star. Star, <laughs> right it. Um, He's it's a scary man.
1: Yeah, I don't know what his record is right now, but... Four and two. Four and two? In... uh, uh, uh Muay Thai. Yeah. Yep. I think he wants to do something. at some so, point. Because, yeah, we got kickboxing we got muay thai and we got mma yeah it's all, of them are muay, thai. It's all muay thai yep okay um yeah he, he's
0: he's a scary dude right
2: now um he's
0: zoning in. and then hakeem for mma
2: for mma as well yep and kind he's got a, a, a title fight winter
1: spring fights coming up here is all this what is right yeah
0: yeah yeah Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. much yeah. just depending on when i post this so oh, well, y- keep that in mind yeah, yeah. 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 i was yeah. like yeah. we're gonna be talking about the past maybe, <laughs> maybe i don't know maybe, maybe and
0: then uh the tournament champions is the next tournament
2: we got the kids thing in chicago at the end of february and then we have toc at the end of february
0: which is another tournament that is hosted by pam and pete peterson and this year it's actually going to be at the arnold classic in ohio Ohio. so um it's kind of a kind of a cool thing for that
2: incredible stage Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um and then there's USA Muay Thai tournament in April. There's nowhere. LFA back in April.
0: And then we have a ton of jiu-jitsu competitors getting ready for grappling industries. And um, the
1: subspectrum in Iowa. Yeah. Do you get so it, it, around here. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And clearly Muay Thai is the big show. Like that's your the biggest draw here. Or well, no that's or no. just
0: because we are so involved in it. Uh-huh. So we're talking about it a mm-hmm. lot. But um, our jiu-jitsu program is just as big.
2: Yeah, yeah our jiu-jitsu program kind of started skyrocketing when we decided on a few things and we're getting more competitors we're getting you know more kids going our instructors are like comfortable in the role that they're in so like the skill development is getting better um and as far as competitors go pam's actually taking a big step forward on that running like shark tanks and little gauntlets for all the guys that are competing Mm -hmm. so it's been nice to have her more as a staff teammate versus a fighter. True. Sure. <laughs> Even though I miss seeing her fight, course, but yeah. just but the next guess, step.
0: Like historically, kickboxing and Muay Thai have been the driving force of the cellar. But um, I guess that is one of our goals: is to keep developing our Jiu Jitsu program too. So.
1: And having the, uh you got more mat space than ever. Um, you think
2: currently. Pr- Probably.
1: Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is you only fit so many bodies yeah. on a mat. Yeah. It seems like you kind of figure that out and spar differently, have some people doing different drills if it's Muay Thai, but like I need space for pairs of people. Yeah. You know, you end up being limited by that. Is it, do you think, is that kind of happen organically, The the competition? Like, oh, there's one coming that we've heard about, so we've got some people signing up, or is it sort of an organized, all right, guys, hands on deck, this is the one we want to go do?
0: I think it's a little bit of a little bit of both um, but it's definitely uh coaches driven i mean we have random people who are like oh i'm gonna go do this tournament kind of on their own but if we're not talking about it in class people don't have the same drive yeah to do it, you know so
1: um this seems to vary I, from one gym to the next like yeah. it seems like at some places you'll just start hearing people talking about they've signed up for whatever and then other people here so they sign up whereas yeah. a, a lot of other places it is sort of top down like hey Who's interested, heard about this tournament, right. and it just kind of builds that way.
2: We do – because, you know, some people see different stuff on social media and tournaments and are part of different members. So that what's nice is having so many instructors or whatever, like, oh, hey, this tournament's come up, that tournament's come up. Sometimes a student will find one we're like, oh, I'm going to sign up for this and whatever. But I think one of our biggest differences here is, like, it's easy to kind of have a fight team like with MMA and striking because you're punching and kicking and whatever, like fight team, like I think jiu-jitsu teams, like people think like, oh, I'm going to sign up for a tournament and I'm going to go and I got my patch on my gym on my thing, but I don't have a coach and I don't have any teammates. Like we've really driven home like, no, 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 no. There's no random tournaments. Like you don't just go on your own and be like, oh, I competed this week. Like we're like, what? Mm -hmm. Like let your coaches know if your coach can't make it, let's get a teammate to send you out there of the upper rank or whatever. Like you guys are a team in the gym, be a team outside of the gym at competitions too. So I think that's a huge thing. Bringing the jujitsu up to that expectation has helped a lot too.
0: One thing that we've always struggled with um, just having both programs is that it's always felt like two teams within the same building. You know, we have our jiu-jitsu, and then we have our striker. Um, one of our goals when we took over is that we wanted to bridge that gap. And we thought it would be easier for us because we both are in both programs. You mm-hmm. know, Ben's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and he teaches some of the jiu-jitsu classes, and he runs the Muay Thai program, you know. So um, kind of having the th- his thumb on both programs, we thought would help. Um, but yes and no. It's still like my, the, I got friends on this matter, I got friends on that mm-hmm. mat. So one of the things that we're gonna try, or that we've been slowly trying, is having the same standard for both teams. So we have we're developing like a um, competition team requirement. Like you fill out an application, you get to be part of the team, and you get these things, but you have to follow these rules. And that's like gym wide. Like whether you're competing in jiu jitsu or you're competing in kickboxing or muay thai or MMA, like it's the same. Like you're part of the
1: team. So it is a, a little bit akin to like literally signing up for a summer baseball team. Yeah. It's not just, yeah, Kinda. I'm a paying member here and sometimes I go compete. There's also an actual buy-in, a sign in a thing saying, cool, I'm part of the team. Officially. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: I mean, they don't have to pay anything. But they have, for sure. They basically right. Basically right. just commit like, hey, <coughs> I want to be part of this team and then they get our support and helping them well you know
1: yeah it's, it seems like that would be huge because like you, you ask somebody hey you're going to compete in that everybody gives you a wishy-washy answer mm-hmm. except me i was like no i'm, yeah. never, <laughs> I'm never never competing in this usually it's just the fine. knowers are the cleanest like, yeah no nope, not nope. going to do it. yeah nope. but like I, you know because you kind of want to say yes but also now they're going to ask me about it in a couple months yeah. and that's pressure so just having people go yep sign on the line and start showing up as a team i bet that's huge
0: Yep. we'll see we're still we're
2: still testing the we're sure. in the yeah the building phase still
0: so, so far I think it's it's helping yeah. a little bit yeah especially because like we're you know doing shark tanks and competition training and we'll have you know we'll have an MMA shark tank coming up or competition coming up and so we'll have strikers come in to help with like the sparring aspect yep. but then we also have jiu-jitsu people coming in to help with the grappling so that's kind of like okay now all these two different yeah. groups
1: are Right. Right, right. yeah yeah,
2: yeah gap's going to be bridged with the neanderthal mma crowd <laughs> I mean, I, I, but I've, that is i mean and it's funny because i give my mma guys mm-hmm. grief or whatever but like cj for example like he's got an mma fight and so he like katie's saying he needs a couple strikers to do his sparring rounds and his paddling rounds but we need some really good jujitsu guys to come help him with his uh grappling or his ground round so the the gap is going to be bridged I think biggest with things like that as far as MMA Mm -hmm. guys go so
1: and I I I think I've even said it on some episode of this before but like CrossFit Mm -hmm. and Strongman and MMA are all the same thing it's a combination of a bunch of different disciplines and skill sets and and attributes yep so it is the bridge Yeah. yeah Like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to wrestle this right? guy and I'm going to punch yeah. this guy. I mean, yeah. By default, it is. And as all three of those come out of, let me just say, come out of the cellar into like the mainstream view and become like, like we we're talking about with the kids, like you have kids who aren't going to football practice, they come here. Yep. So it becomes more mainstream and accessible. Well, the formalization of like the team agreement and stuff like that all just seems like the natural progression to just i'm part of the mma team at the cellar versus yeah. like yeah i go to this gym sometimes yeah and then i go compete by myself sometimes it's just the formalization of yet another sport yeah and pretty soon it'll just be like football yeah nice <laughs> nice what else no um, pressure <laughs> oh. what
2: do
1: you want to know no know, yeah anything, what else at, anything and anything what, what else might i need to know Closing Pot Shots. You want to talk some shit about people? What's your favorite martial arts movie?
2: Actually, that's a good one. Favorite martial is arts it? movie. Bloodsport, uh, man. Gotta go with Bloodsport. Yeah. It's too predictable. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, Rocky Pat, 4, too. 4? What? You,
1: yeah. Bro. 6. I'm going to take a what? controversial position and say 6.
2: What? I mean, 1 is number 1. Well, but, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Because it's the original Rocky. Yeah.
1: Right? Number four, he beats the Russian guy. For sure. I mean, yeah, I mean i I dig it. A lot of romance there. It's, it's cool. You've said nothing, ma'am. I don't have it. Katie doesn't watch many what? movies. What? No,
2: she's not a why? big martial you, arts movie. I person.
1: asked Pat Worley that same question, you know, he said. Karate Kid. I was like, oh, Really? Why? Right? And he said it was good for business. Yeah. Can't hardly
2: argue. <laughs> <Man> <laughs> I'm sure it was, man. I'm yeah. sure it was. Yeah. In that case, Warrior. <clears throat> Is that is that kind of that a modern a version one. of that? I feel like the um, Never Back Down was more, more. Yeah, it's a little teeny poppy though but for me. I mean, you know,
1: so was Karate Kid.
2: Yeah. Well, all right. It, yeah. That's why it reached I guess, and drew everybody. Okay,
1: in. yeah, I guess they'll So you got to start thinking like a business. No, I, yeah, you know. it's not a it's not a documentary. It's <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> True. Yeah. All right. Cool. I dig it. Yeah. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Bam! Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Pohada Podcast. And hey, if you're a regular listener, head on over to the Pohada Podcast on Instagram, where amongst the ridiculous memes, you'll find a link to the merch shop and be able to keep up with the disorganized going-ons of the show. And hey, before you go, here's a little preview of an upcoming episode.
0: <laughs> so you got your title fight.
1: Yep. <laughs> uh, and do you, you don't remember anything about the fight? Nothing. I, I literally remember, um, I was like, man, I got to get something to eat after the weigh-ins because I, I was starving, but mm-hmm. uh, I did the
2: weigh-ins. I know there was a little bit of controversy at weigh-ins because he overweighed, um, you know, mm-hmm. so much that I was like, fuck, I, I have to do this. And, you know, I know my mom was there and, uh, and she's like,
1: oh, and Ben Locken, uh, my corner was there and he's like, hey, man, you know what coach said? You got, you got to decline it. And I'm like, all right, all right. And then I went up and I said, fuck it. Let's do it. And then he's like, dude, you know what I mean? Like, what are you
2: doing? And then I said, Hey man, I got so much invested. I have to do this. And, uh, yeah. I, and then after that, we went out to eat. How mad was your coach?